From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shana Gallego with your latest news. Two separate drug seizures and arrest at Oriah. This report now from Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin. Customs and Border Control Service, CBC, reports the two recent matters occurring at the Owen Roberts International Airport, Oriah, on March 31st and April 2nd of this year. Both matters involve significant quantities of ganja, mushrooms, THC-infused gummies, and THC vape cartridges, while acknowledging and commending the perseverance, duty of care, and vigilance exhibited by CBC officers at the controls, CBC Director Charles Clifford voiced his concerns with the frequency of such seizures and the obvious demand for illegal substances which exist in the Cayman Islands. He noted, quote, we must never lose focus on the severe impact that illegal drug supply and consumption has had and continues to have on the overall health and wellness of the general public. He added that over the years, the ganja plant has been re-engineered and is now much more potent and risky than it once was. The recovery of the illegal substances and paraphernalia have resulted in the arrest of three persons so far. The matter is being investigated by the CBC Investigation Section. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. Police are investigating a burglary incident in Cayman Brack, which happened just before 3.30 p.m. on Tuesday, April 4th. Police responded to an address along Plover Crest, Cayman Brack, where it was reported that a burglary had taken place. Police report the residence was last seen in good order at 3.27 p.m. On returning home around 8.40 p.m., the resident discovered that the residence was broken into and ransacked and a quantity of cash stolen. The incident is being investigated and officers at the Cayman Brack Police Station are encouraging anyone with information about this incident to call 948-0331. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to the RCIPS confidential tip line at 949-7777 or via the rcips.ky website. Cabinet's March 28th meeting was heaving with a marathon list of decisions relating to budgeting, lands and legislation. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has the breakdown. In terms of money, at this meeting, Cabinet greenlit the Children and Youth Services Foundation, awarding its employees with an honorarium payment that is based on 4.5% of the salary and a three-month stipend of $150 per month. $100,000 was also moved from advice and support from the Minister for Home Affairs to the line item support for the Bridge Foundation. Drafting instructions were approved to amend the Perpetuities Act, the Residential Tenancies Act, and the Public Lands Act in relation to the composition, term, and voting rights of members of the Public Lands Commission. Cabinet also agreed to the gazetting of several bills, which will soon be presented in Parliament covering mostly financial services-related things. Turning to lands, Cabinet agreed to the purchase of land in Cayman Brack West and an increase to the budget line item of land purchase by $785,000. During this discussion, the group agreed to instruct the Department of Environment and the National Conservation Council to, quote, ensure that all turtle nesting beaches are put through the requisite protected area nomination process. While there, they also approved the renewal of two leases with Hudson Limited for storage premises, the grant of a lease of Crown Property Retail Unit at the wreck of the 10 sale, the transfer to the Crown of several road parcels for, quote, intended use by the general public, and the exemption from planning permission for a proposed public park in Bodentown for public purposes. Other land purchases include a parcel each in Georgetown and West Bay, as well as four parcels in Bodentown. 
town for, quote, intended access by the general public. Reporting for Radio K-Man News, I'm Carsley Fuller. On March 28th, Cabinet also approved the policy on requirements and minimum standards for substance recovery centers. The one-time printing of a $70 banknote to commemorate the Platinum Jubilee of the Queen, an exemption for statutory authorities and government companies from paying over surplus cash reserves to core government, and they noted an update on the new prison development project. As the April 15th deadline for public feedback on the draft sexual harassment bill approaches, the Gender Affairs Unit works to encourage people to learn about the bill and provide their views. Radio Cayman's April Cummings has more. Aaron Kaufman is a junior policy analyst with the Gender Affairs Unit. Statistics when it comes to sexual harassment, like one in three women, one in four men, it really means that even if we ourselves have not experienced it, we likely know somebody who has. And so, you know, if we're sitting here like, oh, that doesn't really apply to me, it applies likely to somebody that you know and care about. The sexual harassment bill was written to address a gap in current legislation. While you'll need to review the bill to get all the specifics, it will apply to employers and people in charge of various institutions like nursing homes, schools, etc. She says getting an understanding of the bill is as simple as visiting gov.ky and reviewing the public public consultation hub. When you get there, along with frequently asked questions and a download of the bill, you'll also find two surveys. Both are important, but for different reasons. One is a public consultation survey. So once you've had an opportunity to get a little bit more familiar with it, to give your feedback that way. And the other is actually a call for evidence survey. So that is actually aiming to gather information on the actual experiences of people um, in, in regards to sexual harassment. So whether or not you've experienced it, it's important because it helps with our numbers and helps with our understanding of how prevalent an issue it really is. Once the public consultation ends on the 15th of April, the information gathered will be analyzed and reviewed. Depending on the outcome of that, the next step would be a second draft, which might either go to Parliament or back to the public for further review, depending on how significant the proposed changes are. Should it pass at the parliamentary stage, employers will need to have a written policy in place to address sexual harassment concerns, one that adheres to the formal complaint process as outlined in the legislation. April Cummings, Radio Cayman News. To find out more, visit gov.ky forward slash pch forward slash sexual harassment bill. Ensuring long-term sustainability of Cayman's critical national utilities infrastructure and associated services delivered by operators and licensees is the focus of a recent visit by Minister for Planning, Agriculture and Infrastructure to OFREC. More now from Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solins. Honorable J.E. Banks, Minister for Planning, Agriculture and Infrastructure and Ministry Representatives, visited the offices of Utilities Regulator Offreg this week. Minister E. Banks met with members of Offreg's senior management team and board to learn more about the issues and priorities facing the regulator in ensuring the long-term sustainability of Cayman's critical national utilities infrastructure and associated services delivered by operators and licensees. During the visit, the minister and ministry representatives expressed hope to find ways of working collaboratively with OFREG and identify areas of policy and legislation where updates could clarify and improve processes, increase innovation, and create opportunities for future improvements to utilities infrastructure and services. This initial meeting included discussing medium-term priorities and strategic plans for the next two to three years across all utilities which OFREG regulate, including water, fuels, energy, 
and telecommunications. These priorities include areas of critical utilities infrastructures, such as the management and integration of renewable energy power generation. It is planned that regular meetings between Offreg and the Ministry will now be scheduled to progress these plans. I'm Felicia Rankin-Zollins. Cayman's Tourism Ministry is already gearing up for the Platinum Association Member Advisory Council Conference being hosted by the Florida Caribbean Cruise Association right here in Grand Cayman in June. Cayman has always been the host of many of these conferences because we are a great host location. Our standards are amazing. Our hope and goal is to open up the dialogue so all the Caribbean region can hear and understand what is current, what is future, any discussions about how to better ourselves. And that's what we're going to offer while at the same time loving our weather and the environment that the Cayman Islands people can offer. Tourism Minister the Honorable Kenneth Bryan says one of the new tools he's hoping regional partners will embrace is emerging tech. Understanding the trends is the best way for you to be successful. Um, if you don't know what your customers want, you can't give them that great experience. You may think you do, but you don't. So analyzing that, even with um, artificial intelligence, researching data is essential. It's a new way of doing business. The Platinum Association Member Advisory Council Conference is due to take place from June 20th through to the 23rd. Keeping Caymanians connected and supported while overseas and beyond, that is at the heart of Cayman Connection, according to Executive Director Ashley Smith. For anybody who is moving overseas, even thinking about moving overseas, we want to be that support network that helps guide them, facilitate anything that they might need prior to or during their travels, even when they're looking to reintegrate and come back because coming back to Cayman can be daunting or there may be things that have changed in the midst of their time away. In an interview with CIGTV this week, Ms. Smith says the now 10-year-old organization saw just how critical its work is when the pandemic struck. In terms of the benefits, during lockdown particularly, we were there to help reduce that isolation, particularly the social isolation of our children and students that were moving overseas. Obviously, we didn't predict the pandemic, but what that meant was we were able to connect and communicate and provide that home from home whilst those young people were away. Cayman Connection is a not-for-profit, global-based organization with more than 2,000 global members. You can find out more at caymanconnection.org. That is your latest local news. From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego.